Does your current premium finance company lock you into long-term agreements? That's because they don't want you talking to us. At IFS, we win your business the good old-fashioned way, with customer service. I know you don't always have to use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Insurance Point podcast. And this is another one in our M&A series. And today we're pleased to be joined by David Partington from Gallagher. David, thanks very much for joining. Thank you. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitchell & Whale. Hello. Uh, Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance. Good day. And today we're only joined in spirit by Jeff uh, Roy, who is MIA. Um, sorry. I hope Jeff's doing something fun. So, uh, David, uh, thanks for joining us today. Can you uh, just give us a quick bio on yourself? How did you end up where you are, not sitting in front talking to us, but how did you end up where you are at Gallagher? Yeah, well, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. And first of all, it's it's a pleasure to get invited to any meeting where you're actually legitimately allowed to drink. So, cheers. <laughs> Cheers. In, in terms of uh, yeah, my career, I've, I've been I've been blessed. I've had a fantastic career. I've worked with small brokers, large brokers, insurance companies. Um, I joined Gallagher in 2012 in the UK. Um, worked there for a couple of years, running our, our retail business, and then in 2014, I uh, was asked to come over to the US and spent six years uh, running our small business operation in the US. And then back at the end of 2019, got the job as CEO in Canada. So uh, delighted to uh, delighted to join you in that capacity. Excellent. That is that's uh, that's great. So um, we've just lost Steve. So um, I'm going to do I'm going to do a little shout out to our sponsors while we wait for Steve to come back in. This is the uh, obviously downside of um, working from the cottage. Yeah, just taking it to another level. So uh, I'd be remiss here if I didn't give a shout out to our sponsors. So uh, first off to IFS Premium Finance, our premier sponsor. Thanks, guys. And also to the crew group, uh, Garrison's Brewery, and our charity partner, WIC. Uh, thank you all very much. All right, David, um, do you want to give us a quick background on, on Gallagher? Where did you guys come from and where, where is it that you're going? Yeah, absolutely. So Gallagher's history, you know, is almost uh, 100 years now. We were started by one guy in Chicago who, you know, put up a shingle and, and decided to sell some insurance. And then over the last 100 years, we've we've grown to one of the world's biggest insurance organizations. Uh, we have, you know, over 50 countries where we're represented, somewhere around 40,000 people. I guess in Canada specifically, which is, is probably more relevant, we have uh, over a thousand insurance professionals across thirty plus locations all across Canada, and uh, we do a little bit of everything. We do personal insurance, we do small business, middle market, corporate. Uh, we have a good benefits operation, and you know, and even some uh, third party claims administration. So we 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 kind of touch every every bit of the industry. Um, in terms of where we're going. Um, we're going through a period of really strong organic growth right now, you know, driven by some fantastic new business results in, in almost every area of our business. So the plan is just to continue that growth, uh, continue to try and attract great merger partners into our business and just keep doing what we what we love doing. Uh, you know, our, our CEO, Pat Gallagher, regularly says we're just getting started. And that's kind of how it feels around here right now. Jumping right into the meat and potatoes of this uh, M&A. 
series. Um, why should a broker sell to you? And and what's the elevator pitch aside from money? What what value does Gallagher bring to the table? Yeah, let, let me let me think about that different ways. It's, it's hard for me to say why somebody would choose to join us. There's a lot of good options out there for people that are you know thinking about some kind of transaction. I, I think the things that merger partners say to me most often is there's two things that attract them. The first, and I think the most important, is our culture. We believe we've got a pretty special and a pretty unique culture. You know, we, we are a broker that's run by brokers. Every single person in a leadership position in this organization has sold insurance. And I think that really resonates through our business, the way we treat our people, the way we treat our clients, our ethics. And it's a yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty fun place to work, to be honest with you. It's, it's a it's a really great bunch of people right across the uh, right across the globe and certainly across Canada. I think the second thing that attracts people to us is is really that toolkit that we bring. You know, joining a large organization gives merger partners the opportunity to go out and sell any account they want to sell. You know, when you look at the data tools we've got, the client facing support tools. That just the number of experts across the business, it, it really allows people to go out and ramp up their growth in a really meaningful way. And I guess the third part is really around the career opportunities it gives for them and also for, for their teams as well. Those are the three most common themes that I hear from, you know, from partners that have, have uh, joined us. What's, a, what's the target broker for Gallagher? I mean, uh, what are you aiming for in, in size and geography? And you're one of the unique ones on the, the episode that could maybe even speak past Canada. I mean, although that's, that's your personal mandate, um, there might be some other answers as well. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this answer surprises people. There, there really is no specific target. You know, we are looking for brokers that we think share our culture and are going to bring something to our organization. You know, we've done, you know, in the last 12 months, we've done the Willis redeal, you know, that was worth billions. You know, in the last month in Canada, we've done a couple of book purchases that were less than $250,000 of revenue. And, you know, we touch everything in between. We are really interested in anyone who thinks that, you know, two and two, I'll use a cliche, two and two can equal seven. Um, They're going to bring something to us. They think we can bring something to them. We're not really that concerned about geography, specialism, line of business. And and that story, to your point, Adam, you know, really resonates around the world. Um, That you'd hear the same story if we were talking about the Middle East or Australia or the US as as you would in Canada. It's it's really people that are going to bring something positive to to our organization and really enjoy being part of this firm awesome. so speaking of uh acquisitions that bring value to gallagher so let's say you're looking at um a brokerage that has a really strong digital strategy it does um you know and or you know strong digital strategy and a strong digital presence does that make that target more valuable to you? Do they get a bit of a boost on their valuation because of because of that? Yes, but it's not as simple as a as a simple yes. Um, if somebody's got a digital strategy and that's going to drive continuous future growth, that's going to exceed their peer group, then that's absolutely worth paying a premium for. You know, when we when we price up a business, we're really looking at two things. We're looking at what's the current revenue and what's the current EBITDA. But more importantly, we're looking at what's the projected revenue and the projected EBITDA. 
So if somebody's got a digital strategy that's going to mean they outperform the industry, outperform their peer group, outperform us, then yeah, that's absolutely worth a, worth a premium price. But I'd expand that out beyond digital strategy. That could be a particular industry specialism they've got. It could be you know a stable of great producers they've got. It could be a, a particular program they've got. If anybody can demonstrate they're going to outgrow what we would we would normally expect, that's that's worth a premium. So, do you want the former former owners to stick around? Is there a one size fit all answer for that equation? Uh, yes, is the one size fits all answer to that question. That's a much simpler one. Um, we we are not typically in the business of taking people who finish their life's work and want to hand it over to somebody else to to take it forward. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean we never do that, but that's not really our our mo. We're we're looking for people who we think can come in and make us better. Um, you know, who are bringing expertise, who are bringing local, uh, you know, presence, and who've got that fire in their belly to keep selling insurance and keep servicing clients really well. Um, I mean, I'll give you a specific you know specific example in Canada to tell you that over half of my leadership team in Canada actually came to us through. Uh, mergers. And, you know, we see it as a way of, you know, obtaining a fantastic client base of obtaining, obviously, additional, you know, revenue streams. But it's about more than that. It's about bringing in more expertise. And and that really is the that's always been the foundation of our merger strategy. You know, when Gallagher was smaller, we did mergers because we needed to expand into new geographies, we needed to bring in people who were experts in transportation or private client insurance or medical malpractice that that was the driver of the the acquisition strategy not just a a run to try and be bigger for the you know for the hell of being bigger so yes absolutely we want people to stay on david do you keep the brand how's the brand work so on an acquisition does it become gallagher or do you you know if it's a hundred year old brokerage and it's invested in that community or whatever you know what's that mean to you um it depends so if a if a merger partner has a particularly strong brand within a certain segment and i would say probably not a geography probably a segment we will absolutely look to leverage that and and examples in in our business would be atron's council who you know have a significant presence in the ontario condo world game day in the sports arena, dealershore in the automotive world. So we do keep those brands if it's got a particular resonance with a, a segment of, of clients and potential clients. More often than not, if it's, a, if it's a local broker, we will absolutely look to change the name to Gallagher. And that's not a difficult conversation, to be honest with you. Most of the merger partners, one of the attractions is to actually be considered part of Gallagher and to be able to go to their clients and their prospects and say, hey, I'm now part of this larger organization. Here's what this means to you. And here's why this is good for you. So if anything, the more difficult conversations are actually why we can't increase the pace of the rebranding. And you just need to ask my colleagues in Quebec about that right now. They they can't wait to uh, complete the, uh, the rebranding exercise. So it depends, but it's not a negative for us at all. So flipping the script a bit to the the employees of the teammates, what's what's in it for them? How should they be thinking about joining uh, Gallagher? I think this is one of our most compelling stories, to be honest with you. I, I And a lot of agency principles, I mentioned it earlier, this is one of the attractions. 
for the employees, it gives them a limitless career opportunity. And, you know, that doesn't really matter whether they want to, you know, get dive deeper into a particular class of insurance, a particular industry segment. They want to move into a leadership role. They want some opportunities to move geographically within Canada or overseas. You really can take your career anywhere you want to take it. And um, again, it's probably best described by by examples. You know, three three of our industry practice leaders in Canada right now are former employees of you know a merger partner. Um, the guy, the, the guy, great guy, who's currently running Gallagher's Caribbean operation, was the employee of a former uh, merger partner. So it's a really compelling story with. I could literally give you hundreds and hundreds of case studies of where employees have been able to uh, achieve their career aspirations. It's, it's something I'm pretty proud of and we talk about a lot. So uh, I'm going to uh, come at this from the carrier perspective, being a former <laughs> carrier executive, right? And I know when the news comes down the wire that you know broker A has acquired broker B, the first thing the carrier thinks about is, okay, status quo disrupted. What does it mean for me? Right. Forget the employees, forget the owners, forget the brand. What does it mean for me and, and my book of business? So when you know, so what is in it when when Gallagher acquires another operation? What's in it for those affected carriers who wins, who loses? They absolutely hate it. They uh, they change their phone numbers. They won't talk to us. They <laughs> scream at us. Um, no, of course not. Um, yeah, we, we deal with most of the carriers in Canada. And I would say they are largely supportive of our um, merger and acquisition strategy. You know, our books of business are, are growing with virtually every carrier organically. Um, you know, we, we try to maintain a relationship with all the carriers that we work with. We try and grow those books. We try and ensure they're profitable. And I would say overall, the, the carriers are very, very supportive. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. It's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So, yeah, uh, I guess it's over to you, Adam. <laughs> we, should, we should have got hats. I could have had like a Steve hat and then a Jeff hat, and then you put on yours. Yeah, God bless Steve <laughs> for trying to sign in and out here. He keeps seeing a blip up. I would have thrown my laptop in the lake by now if I was him. I'm shocked he hasn't punched it. He probably has. <laughs> this is probably why it's not working anymore. Um, um, 
<laughs> okay, so uh, on to valuations. How do you value a brokerage? Uh, is it is it EBITDA? Is it is it top line? Is it other? Um, and and where do you think multiples are going? Yeah, I mentioned earlier it's it's, a, it's fairly simple the way we do it. We, you know, I mentioned earlier we look at current revenue in EBITDA and we look at projected revenue in EBITDA, and then we apply a multiple to the pro forma number that we very very transparently agree with the with the merger prospect. Um, I, I, I really don't like commenting on multiples, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because what are you talking about a multiple of? Are you talking about a multiple of, uh, you know, the, the last 12 months financial statements numbers? Are you talking about the rolling 12? Are you talking about, you know, the best case pro forma in the world ever? You know, multiples is only one part of the equation. And, and I think the way we value and I don't know if it differentiates us, but it's something we believe in is really defining what the pro forma, pro forma looks like. You know, what should be in, what shouldn't be in, what are we going to give credit for, what are we not going to give credit for, and then applying a multiple to that. So it's 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 not something that's easy to do. Um, and I, I think multiples get banded around a little bit too carelessly, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, a deal that might be, 12 times, you know, pro forma EBITDA might look like it's 25 times prior year's actual numbers is, you know, what what's the multiple? So I, I think the transparent way we go through that with our merger prospects is, is right and, and a good way to do it. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, you know, we, we must be reasonably good at pricing because globally we do dozens and dozens of deals every year. And you know, people selling their business and their advisors are very smart people. So I like to think we, you know, we come up with a very fair number and, you know, um, there's, there's always a negotiation. So we get there in the end. And you're right. There is, I've been, I've been asked, personally asked, I don't know, many, many times over the last 10 to 15 years, when will broker, you know, M&A activity slow down? <laughs> Well, there's still 3,000 brokers in Canada, so, you know. Absolutely, and there's, and there's great entrepreneurs out there starting up new businesses, you know, refreshing businesses and transforming them, and that's one of the best things about our industry. I, there, will, there will never be a time when our industry isn't full of entrepreneurs and innovators building businesses, and long may that continue. So what can a broker do to make their business worth more, right? Is this, is when you look at your performance, when you look at what you're going to pay, do you you know, is growth is growth favored? Is EBITDA favored? Is you know a strong loss ratio resulting in a, in you know regular good CPCs favorable? Digital leads. What what are the things that a broker can do if they want to sell eighteen to twenty four months down the road? What are the things they can do to maximize the check the size of the check you guys would give them? The the most important thing is is demonstrate revenue growth and a path to future revenue growth. You know, I think what probably all buyers are very wary of is somebody that looks like they've just fattened up their EBITDA for a sale. You know, we're, we're, we're all looking to purchase great insurance brokerages that are going to continue to deliver a consistent and growing EBITDA stream over the long term. You can't do that by cutting your way to, to greatness. So I think, I think that's the most important thing. Um, if I was to, you know, maybe go into that a little bit more, it really ties in some of the things I said earlier about outside of just hitting the phones hard, just driving more leads in and growing the business that way. What, what's the 
what's the special sauce? What's the, what's the expertise? What, what is it that that broker does that really gives us confidence that that revenue growth is going to continue? Yeah, and again, I go back to it could be you're the best, you're the best private client broker in the world. You're the best broker to the manufacturing industry. You've got a special source around loss control that clients can't get enough of and you're attracting new clients that way. It, it doesn't really matter what it is. And again, that goes back to the wonder of the innovation, the entrepreneurialism. But, but demonstrate the previous growth, demonstrate the future growth and, and be able to show why that future growth is going to continue. That's, that's what's really going to get the premium pricing. Um, I believe when when people come to the point of thinking about exit. Okay, so how do how do valuations compare between heavy commercial lines brokers or heavy personal lines brokers? We do not discriminate as an organisation. We will look at the same you know kind of principles I just talked about around you know projected growth and plans for growth. Um, yeah, we we are absolutely interested in in paying fair prices for personal lines only, commercial lines only, mix of the two. You can throw benefits sometimes into the equation as well and pension advice and HR consulting. You know, it it, it doesn't differ dramatically. It's, it's, very, it's, it's one that's very hard to make a definitive statement on. We, we don't have a spreadsheet that says if it's, if it's P, if 60% PL, we'll pay this, and if it's 60% CL, we'll pay this. It, it's all back to that current and projected revenue and EBITDA growth. So we know that um, you know, there's a number of, and I don't know about in the US, but certainly in Canada, there's a, a few carriers who are quite famous for putting an investment into a brokerage and then slapping a right of first refusal um, onto that brokerage. So um, when you come across a potential acquisition partner and you discover through your due diligence that there is in fact a rofer in place, you know, what does that do to the process? Do, do, you, do you back off or does that diminish the value of the brokerage? You know, how, how do you deal with that? It doesn't impact the valuation because, to be honest with you, unless all parties were completely aware of and had agreed what was happening around that right first refusal, we, we wouldn't, you know, proceed. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer, corporately, we're big believers in transparency. If we got to the stage of due diligence, and it's it's worth saying, actually, I mean, due diligence for us is really just a case of checking that there aren't any horrible skeletons in the closet. You know, we know through the process of, of meeting, building a relationship, negotiation, whether it's a good brokerage or not. If we got to the point of due diligence and found out there was a right of first refusal, I think that would put some big alarm bells out in terms of, you know, ethics and the way that that, that whole discussion had gone. Um We've we've done a number of deals where there was a right of first refusal in place, and it's not that difficult to have a conversation with all parties. I mean, typically it's the the potential merger partner and the entity with the right of first refusal need to agree that they're prepared to relinquish that and and, and you know allow the the process to go ahead. If if we don't have that comfort, we will just you know put the brakes on and and won't want to proceed any further. So there, there is a potential downside of that third party chooses not to allow you through the front door then yeah but i mean i think that's down to is it the third party not allowing you through the front door i i think that's really between the you know the the agency owner and and the third party to resolve that i mean if 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 there's a right of first refusal 
I, I think you've got to deal with that personally before you start going out to the market or you're going to deal with some um, some credibility issues down the line. So what's the firm's end game? Where's, where's Gallagher headed and who buys it one day or what, what happens? <laughs> uh, well, who buys it one day is above my pay grade. I'd like to think <laughs> we are, I'd like to think we're now at a scale where, you know, that's very unlikely. The, the end game is really simple for us. We, we, we love selling insurance. I mean, everybody in this business really loves this industry and, and loves what we do. And I think the plan is to keep doing it for another hundred years and see our sons and our daughters and our nieces, nephews, friends come into the business and continue to see this business expand and grow and, and create opportunities to do to do more of what we love. In the short to medium term, I'd love to see the, the stock price keep growing as a consequence of our continued success but there isn't a there isn't an end game in that respect we we want to keep doing this for for another hundred years what would you you know what's your elevator pitch if you're meeting somebody for the first time what how do you say what do you say to them to get them excited about potentially partnering with gallagher i i can share i can share you know any number of the comments i've shared with you i my my elevator pitch is talk to somebody who has been through what you've been through and talk to some people who didn't choose Gallagher and talk to some people who did choose Gallagher and find out from people who've been in your position why they did what they did and what they thought of the process and more importantly, what they thought of life after the transaction for them as you know, principals, for their staff, for their clients and, and was it a good thing or not. And then I guess, you know, the other thing I say to people regularly is we, we're a very open book and I'll share pretty much any internal communication, whether it's a weekly video I put out to my team, whether it's, you know, emails, I, I'll, I'll share anything about our organization. We're really proud of it. So if you want to come and look under the covers, the, the door is absolutely wide open. Um, it's, it, you know, it's a once in a lifetime event for almost every insurance agency owner. It, it's something they need to think really hard about and you can't do enough research. So go, go and ask some people that have been through it. Is retention important to your brokerage? Of course it is. That's why at IFS, we have a cancellation prevention process. Want more details? Give us a call. I know you don't always use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast Certified. 